likes Al Roker? Huh? I like Al Roker. Yeah, he works for the fake news, but he's an all right guy. In recent years, he's going a little over the top in the wardrobe department. But remember when he lost all that weight? You know, he didn't lose his mojo. He came back, and I actually find him funny, and he's a very, very skilled broadcaster. Now, one of the things he does is he always gets the presidential or vice presidential interview, and this time he secured it at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Now, I uh, want to show you something about this, but first, let's get a taste of how it went. What's, what's the message on this Thanksgiving Day? On this Thanksgiving Day, Al, we have to come together. Uh, you know, we, have, we can have different political views, but there's, we have one view. The one view is we're the finest, great, greatest nation in the world. We should focus on that. No one's buying your line anymore, Joe Biden. You told us that on Inauguration Day. Now you're all caught up in white supremacy and MAGA extremists, threat to democracy. Uh, but this is not about Joe and it's not about Al Roker. It's about what's happening. Well, first of all, a lot of people saw this. This is one of the most highly seen parades in the history of parades. 28.5 million viewers on Thanksgiving Day, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Now, back to the mm, scene and what was going on behind the interview. There's a gay pride flag in the main entrance of what looks like a church. And that's not unusual these days, is it, right? See it all the time. Gay pride flag outside the church, inside the church, uh, a little over the top and, you know, kind of crazy and offensive and weird. It is. It's being shoved down people's throats and we don't like it. It started to feel exclusionary. By we, I mean anybody who wants to go to church and not think about, well, the things that separate us. Look, there are things that I like to do that I don't need celebrated at church, do you? I happen to like uh, Star Wars. That's one of my passions. You might even say I identify that way. Uh, what else do I like? Occasionally, yeah, I hit the slots in Vegas, you know, Sin City. No, I don't think that's what it's about, right? What about uh, before I got married, the girl's gone wild. Sorry about that, but it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about my political views? Donald Trump, right? Are we going to make a big deal about that? Church is for everyone. You see the problem here. They have made something that, well, quite frankly, if you look in the Bible, it does say a few things about these practices I just mentioned. All of them. All of them. But we're going to celebrate one of them. That's wrong. Everybody knows it's wrong. Even, even Joe Biden knows it's wrong. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? To parents of transgender children, Affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. To any transgender American who's struggling, please know that you're not alone. To parents and children alike, please ask for help and know this. You're so brave. You belong. And we have your back. I'm sorry, but this so much of this LGBT uh, queer questioning stuff is so 
wildly outside the job responsibility of a president of the United States, and he knows that. But for crass political reasons, craven political reasons, he's embraced it, invited that great big uh, weird festival to the White House lawn, taking selfies with people who are really, quite frankly, there to, I think, make fun of America. You know, take the presidency down a peg. Put it in your face. Now, how this happened for a lot of different reasons. We all know them. But a big one has been celebrity influence. People like Michael Strahan. Now, who doesn't like Michael Strahan? Well, now I can't stand the guy. But there was a time when Giants, great football dude, the gap in the teeth. He always had something to say to the reporters. He didn't even like the reporters. I thought he was okay. And then he shows up on the Good Morning America show. And he indulges and engages in things that should not be on television. Like the day he had Damon on. Uh, I'm sorry, what was it? Was it? Uh, Desmond, I'm sorry, Desmond. Yeah, the kid who dresses in women's clothes and interviews them and pretends it's all normal. This moves the needle. Celebrities are important, and they're being used as part of a strategy, I really believe. George Stephanopoulos, he's also at the uh, Good Morning America show. There was a time in the 1990s where America was absolutely crazy about George Stephanopoulos. People thought he was good-looking. There were all kinds of profiles about him in magazines. People wanted to know what shirt he wore. People wanted to know who he was dating. Even, um, what was it? Oh, Friends, the Friends show. They did a whole episode about George Stephanopoulos' obsession in the 1990s. Wait, you're not G. Stephanopoulos? Oh, man, my dad's going to kill me. Wait, did you say G. Stephanopoulos? Yeah, yeah, this one goes across the street. I must have given him yours. Oh, bonehead, bonehead. Wait, is this a, a small Mediterranean guy with curiously intelligent good looks? Yeah, it sounds about right. Was he, was he wearing a stunning blue suit and, and a power tie? No, pretty much just a towel. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> kind of shocking now. Girls were into George Stephanopoulos. And that popularity, uh, well, it was used and harnessed and now driven in a viciously partisan direction, even worse than when he was working for Bill Clinton. Well, and we got a bipartisan vote, George, and I think that's important, too. But let, let, me, let me just stop you. Let me just stop you right there. Vote. You say you address the debt. In fact, and you're the one who referenced the CBO. Well, you just cited the CBO. That's, I mean, that's, that's their analysis. Well, it's going to reduce it because you're taking right, away but the CBO said every state ought to follow the laws that are on their books. That's what the U.S. Constitution says. That's not what I asked. They say, can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? No, Congressman, I, 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 I know that Joe Biden is president. I'm asking you a different question. Can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? So you just refuse to say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen. So you want to keep rehashing 2020? We're talking. I just about want an answer to the question. Yes or no. I'm sorry, but could he be any more of a jerk? Um, but they have normalized and institutionalized their viewpoints on politics, on gender, on sexuality. Their fame is a major weapon in this battle. Hollywood, of course, they do it big time. This is Natalie Portman, a uh, pretty good actor, I guess, actress, whatever. I did I ever see one of her movies? I can't remember. Uh, her big thing now, though, is um, 
women's equality and how women are always getting screwed over at the workplace and women, well, all the burdens that women have to put up with. It's fascinating to me what parts of ourselves we are performing on an everyday basis, especially as women, you know, you're performing your femininity mm. constantly, even if someone says something ob obnoxious to you and you go, smile, <laughs> you smile and, and swallow it, like right. that's a performance. And so there's so many layers, I think, for all women of that. So an actress kind of exemplifies that by literally performing. All right, this is all happening for her since Me Too. Me Too becomes a thing, and then when she has to present a Glo Golden Globe Award to the best director, what does she do? She complains publicly that they're all white male directors. Well, it was white male directors that gave this person a shot and made her into a superstar. All of her movies before Me Too started in 2017, happened to be directed by white men. She wasn't complaining now. Then uh, she is now because it's all part of this agenda to institutionalize the norms, the mores of the left. They're not normal, but they're trying to. Did you notice how Hoda was just eating it all up? Every single word. That is celebrity worship. And you know what? It happens to the best of us. It happened to me once. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick. Remember that guy who kneeled for this? I, I can't stand this guy. I can't stand anything he stands for. True story, not a joke, as Joe Biden would say. I met him at the gym. We went to the same gym. And I'm like, are you that guy? He says, what guy? I said, you're that guy. And I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't uh, bother this dude. And uh, just small talk about the weather. It was totally Colin Kaepernick. I called my wife after it. I just met Colin Kaepernick. I felt like, wow, I just met Colin Kaepernick. And I was euphoric almost about it. And that is biology and psychology. It happens. We've got to be on guard. I, they have studied this with the arrival of the Internet and now near ubiquitous use of social media in particular. Celebrities continue to feel nearly mythic in how large they loom in society while simultaneously feeling more accessible and realistic. LI Psychology goes on to say one important concept is that of parasocial relationships. This phrase describes the one-sided relationship that fans have with their favorite celebrity, in which fans feel on some level that the celebrity is their personal friend or that they identify with them. And as we all know, celebrities are going more and more woke crazier and crazier and crazier and they're moving society in a very dangerous and bad direction so back to the gay pride flag at the church right this is this is wrong and everybody knows it it shouldn't be there and also if you believe in god if you believe in jesus we have to get better at spreading the good news too many of us, it's only when our backup is against the wall, only when we feel faith is under fire, under assault. And you got to rally around. You got you to defend. But what about when we're not under attack? What about spreading the good news? And it's great news. It really is. I know it. Next. The political network largely financed by billionaire Charles Koch announced that it is its endorsement for next year's presidential race this morning. You see her there. Americans for Prosperity Action is backing Nikki Haley for the job. Nikki Haley, is that what they said? Endorsed by some mega, mega rich guys. 
The Koch brothers, although I think the guy on the left died a few years ago, was just the Charles Koch. He's on the right. Nevertheless, $118 billion they got floating around, and they are going to spend a lot of money to try to get Nikki Haley elected. And the fake news is going bananas with this. Ooh, Nikki Haley, this money gives a really hard time to Donald Trump. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Let me go back to 2016. What did they do back then? <laughs> they did not back Trump, and they made a big stink about it as well. We are not backing Trump. Even though we're conservatives, we are not backing Trump. They did the same thing in 2020. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, how do you like things now? Um, so the establishment is rallying around Nikki Haley. Uh, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. And I want to tell you something about Nikki Haley that you might not know. Uh, you know, she got that U.N. job, right? What was it? Ambassador, ambassador, U.S. ambassador to the U.N. You get to hold your hands up when it's time to vote on certain issues. But the secretary of state and the president tell you exactly how to vote. It really is. A, a fourth grader could do this job. Why did she get that job? It gives her foreign policy credentials, and Trump gave her that job. Why did he do it? Because she did not endorse Trump in 2016. Mm -mm. She went with, uh, who did she go with? Take a look. Ladies and gentlemen, if we elect Marco Rubio, every day will be a great day in America. How the next president of the United States. Let's go to the polls on Saturday and move that down the way. Marco Rubio. Wow. I'm not going to call him that nickname because we like Marco Rubio now, but he lost, of course. Okay. But Trump gave her that job. UN ambassador, right? In the Oval Office, made it all happen, made it official. And she gets that job at the UN and is able to say she has foreign policy credentials. Why did that happen? Well, let's go back to the 2016 South Carolina primary. Trump won it big, 10 points. Why did he win it? When the governor, Nikki Haley, endorsed somebody else. See that guy next to Trump? Uh, his name is McMaster the lieutenant governor of South Carolina. Um, he didn't like being lieutenant governor all that much. I mean, he liked it, but like all good lieutenant governors, they want to be governor someday. And uh, he could be lieutenant governor with Nikki Haley hanging around. So uh, once Trump won the presidency, he called uh, Mr. McMaster, I'm told, and said, what would you like to do? And he said, you know what? I'd like to be the governor. Is there anything you do with Nikki Haley? I have this on very good authority, folks. Uh, and they said, you know what? I think I have just the job for her. <laughs> it means nothing. And uh, you get to be the governor. And he deserved it, by the way. So I like that story, don't you? Going back to the Koch brothers, they're behind Nikki Haley and all their money. But you know what? I don't think it matters. Just ask Mike Bloomberg. Money isn't as important as it used to be. He spent a billion dollars and didn't even get, I think, a single vote. He didn't make it to the, he just had to drop out. Nobody wanted anything to do with him. Sorry, good mayor, uh, bad candidate. This election isn't up to the plutocrats. It's up to the people. And we got to be sure it stays that way. I'll be right back. We know you love Newsmax and watch it all the time. But just recently, Newsmax had to stop their free stream on apps. You may be missing Newsmax's best shows with Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly, and a lot more. So they launched Newsmax Plus, and more than 150,000 people have already signed up. 
Newsmax Plus lets you watch the Newsmax channel on your phone or home TV. And with Newsmax Plus, you get N2, their streaming channel, plus documentaries, movies, specials, and more. Newsmax Plus just launched actor John Voight's new series on Israel. And Newsmax Plus even has the best Donald Trump shows ever. So get Newsmax Plus today. It won't cost you anything to start. Just go to NewsmaxPlus.com for your free trial. There's no risk. So go to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. Millions are switching to Newsmax. Try it for free today. So three years ago, the media told us that this was a picture of a man murdering someone. Derek Chauvin murdering uh, George Floyd. But so many lies have been told about the whole thing. I actually believe he's innocent now. Yeah. And George Floyd has been proven to be a criminal and a liar. Uh, tough stuff. But if you watch the movie, The Fall of Minneapolis, I do believe your mind will be changed if you went along with, well, just about everybody in America before. TheFallOfMinneapolis.com is where you can go to see this important documentary. You can watch it for free. And it's interesting. It just came out, uh, I guess, a little over a week ago. And Derek Chauvin, who's serving 22 and a half years in prison, was stabbed almost fatally. We believe it was a very serious injury that he incurred, stabbed by another inmate. We are joined now by the filmmaker, Liz Collin. Again, the fall of Minneapolis. It's must-see. Welcome back, Liz. And uh, how are you? How is Derek Chauvin doing? Greg, thank you for having me back. Uh, obviously, we were uh, heartbroken to, to hear this news uh, with the timing of, of the film and all. I have been in touch with uh, Derek Chauvin's family. Uh, it took three days, I, I should say, uh, for the Federal Bureau of Prisons to even uh, get in touch with Derek Chauvin's family after all of this. Uh, what they know right now is that he is stable. He's at an undisclosed uh, medical facility. Uh, they've been told uh, that there are four guards uh, watching, watching him. He's been given extra protection. Uh, because of this. Uh, they've also said that as soon as he can call his, his mother, they will allow him to do so. So one would, would say that he's not in any condition uh, to, to be talking at this point. So again, so many questions uh, as to even, even how this happened and why. I want to get back to the stabbing in a moment. But look, I watched the movie and uh, I had a sense of this beforehand, but confirmed, I believe he's innocent. And for some people, that's actually a tough thing to hear. Uh, I know for some people it's a tough thing to say because of all the lies the, where the culture is about Derek Chauvin. Have you found that that kind of resistance like, oh, my gosh, you're going to say what? And do you believe he's innocent? You know, I think that the, the point of this documentary was really just to put the facts out there and let people decide uh, for themselves. And uh, by I say facts, facts that were hidden uh, from the public to be able to make their own uh, opinion up uh, also. So I think there is so much more to to support exactly what, what you're saying. And the real question is why they were kept uh, from people for for so long. Uh, again, this this dangerous narrative that was pushed rather than the actual uh, information and, and what really transpired uh, that day in, in Minneapolis. Uh, no evidence of asphyxiation. The MRT maneuver, uh, the knee apparently on the neck, but it was actually on the shoulder. Uh, let's see, the, the level of fentanyl in the individual's George Floyd system, enough to kill three times over any man. Uh, fact after fact after fact, it's all there. And I actually want to find out, 
it is a coincidence, or do you think something you know ties the release of this movie to the stabbing of Derek Chauvin? I know we don't know enough, but it does seem pretty weird. Yeah, so what's what's uh, very scary, I think, is this is a, a medium security prison where uh, Derek Chauvin has been serving his sentence for 15 months now with no uh, issues. His mother, I know, has been there to visit several times. Uh, Derek has spoken about how he, he felt safe. Um, and again, this, this transpires all uh, about eight days later after the, the film comes out. So someone there at this medium security facility has to be willing uh, to risk this and, and go to, you know, one would think a maximum security prison uh, as a result of this, was very little freedom uh, for attempted murder. But again, we don't know who's responsible, uh, what what actually went on. Um, so, so that seems uh, very suspect. And also, uh, one would think that the media would be asking, why is it that the man who put him behind bars in the first place, that would be the Attorney General of Minnesota, Keith Ellison, uh, and his team, why was he the one providing the very first uh, update on his condition? Uh, Keith Ellison was called long before his family was was. Um, and, and again, this is the person that led the prosecution against uh, Derek Chauvin uh, at all. But, but Keith Ellison is the one who provided the update that he is uh, in stable condition and expected to survive, again, days before yeah. the family was called at all. You cover other uh, significant episodes in the film, apart from the death of George Floyd, the evacuation or whatever it was of the third precinct. And we have a picture. It's almost an iconic picture of everybody celebrating as the burning building is behind them. And then... Um, the evacuation of it. Did the cops want to leave? My sense is that they didn't want to leave, right? Yeah, I mean, this was this was something that, that came from the top, that they needed to go ahead and surrender this building, surrender the precinct. The thought was that the that the rioting would stop in Minneapolis if they went ahead and, and did that, which sounded crazy to all of them. I haven't run across anyone uh, yet who thought that was actually uh, a good idea. So no, no, they didn't. They didn't want to. They were told earlier in the afternoon uh, to collect all of their personal belongings, evidence, uh, you know, connected to cases and such. And then uh, with left with really no exit plan, which we which we really lay out in the film as well, how, you know, they were kind of served up uh, to the angry mob, fearing for their lives as they're running running through to, to catch a city bus uh, who, who shows up finally to, to pick them up. And they're actually late uh, to pick up these officers um, after this was, you know, this uh, so-called, uh, you know, plan. Or, and and so-called peaceful protest, by the way. Right. I want to show, this is from your film, interior shots of the third precinct, I think the day after. And you can tell uh, this precinct is totaled in a way, and I think it was raised. Um, and, oh, by the way, I, I decided to put this next to January 6th, or actually January 7th, <laughs> the day after uh, the so-called insurrection. And, um, well, uh, you can see uh, one was uh, forever altered and actually destroyed. The other, I think they needed a vacuum cleaner, and they were back in business. Well, the Supreme Court, I believe, turned down the Chauvin... Uh, at least one of the appeals. Um, and that was, I'm sure, disappointing to a lot of folks, especially him. What's next? Does he have another uh, appeal in the works? Yeah, that was uh, interesting timing as well with the U.S. Supreme Court uh, just last Monday saying that they would not hear the case at all and providing no explanation as to, as to why why that was. Um, over on uh, Alpha News, uh, where I work now, alphanews.org, um, we do have uh, an update a bit from his attorney on some different legal maneuvers um, that 
they are looking at and, and exploring after some new uh, evidence uh, ha has come to light in, in the case that we've documented before about some public depositions and different pressure that prosecutors were, were facing uh, to, to charge the officers. Uh, so that is detailed there. But certainly, um, you know, the, the thought is now that they're just kind of scrambling still at this moment to find out more information about how Derek Chauvin uh, is doing. So they'll have to go ahead and and first figure figure that out and figure out how to how to move ahead here. That's an incredibly important film, The Fall of Minneapolis. You can go to thefallofminneapolis.com and you can watch it for free. And millions have already. This is making a difference. Many thanks. Liz Collin, thank you. Thank you, Greg. All right, be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. Black Lives Matter, of course, but not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says they matter. According to BLM, black lives only matter when a black life is taken by a white cop. And then, well, money can be made. Power can be accrued. Uh, but black lives do matter. And they mattered in Chicago this weekend. 30 people were shot. I mean, uh, Thanksgiving and the Friday. I mean, this is like this is like Kabul, Afghanistan. This is crazy. Not a peep. Not a peep from Joe Biden. Not a peep from Barack Obama, his hometown. They just don't care. These children, when they're killed, um, it doesn't matter. Again, because, well, if they were killed by other people of color, nobody can really make money from it. Nobody can achieve or gather more power from it. So it just happens. And for Joe Biden, he's, he's so clueless and so terrible when it comes to these matters. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. He is. He's just rotten. He's just rotten. Uh, something needs to be done, though, don't you think? A national conversation, an honest one about race might be uncomfortable. He certainly can't have it. And Barack Obama let us all down. I have to talk about this as well. I think we're heading for a depression. One state, New York State, in one year, retailers lost $4.4 billion due to shoplifting. In New York, it's essentially been legalized. Cops can't do anything. Security instructed to not do anything. And an economy can't survive like this. Mom and pop businesses, they're going away. They can't put up with this stuff. They can't. It's impossible. And where's everybody going to get even their toothpaste from Amazon? Jeff Bezos is going to get richer and more powerful. I have a feeling that's just fine with a good chunk of the establishment right now, a good chunk of left-wing extremists. We'll be right back. Remember Hamas taking women and children, men hostage? Uh, absolutely barbaric. Barbaric and the slaughter at that concert and beyond. Well, we are seeing some hostages turned over in the midst of a, uh, well, a ceasefire of some sorts. Uh, Joe Biden, of course, claiming credit. 
and we continue to press and expect for additional Americans will be released as well. And we will not stop working until every hostage is returned to their loved ones. I have my doubts. I have my doubts about this entire situation. I am glad that we are seeing hostages return. But what does it all mean? Where are we going from here? Let's bring in our experts. Brigadier General retired from the U.S. Air Force, Blaine Holt, and Gordon Chang, all-around expert. And you got to check out uh, the last book he wrote, China is Going to War. It is a doozy. came out in September. Um, General Holt, first to you. Ten hostages, I believe. Overall, what does this mean? Where are we right now? Good evening. Yeah, we're we're going to steadily get to the end of this agreement. They're going to keep Hamas wants to extend this indefinitely for as long as they can. And they plan to just drib and drab releases here and there. We don't know who has what hostage, quite frankly, and we don't know what their condition is because nobody has seen proof of life. What we can see is that there are starting to see breakdowns in the ceasefire. Um, the IDF experienced three uh, IEDs today. Um, Hamas is blaming the IDF of doing the same. The IDF has now gone into the West Bank uh, with a pretty good offensive in Janine right now. What I see, Greg, is this is now moving back to a military solution. We're probably going to be looking at the hostage situation more like a rescue mission, special operators involved. And that's really our only hope to get the majority of them out, because Hamas knows that regardless, this is their end. Gordon Chang, what are you thinking tonight? Well, certainly. And you got to remember that the Biden administration used to just negotiate one-on-one -on -one hostage deals. Remember, you got Brittany Griner and Victor Bout. Now we're talking about hundreds. And I'm afraid the progression is going to get worse because bad actors are seeing what we are willing to do. And, and remember, this hostage release arrangement is bad on so many different levels. Yes, of course, we want people out, but we got to worry about the hostages of the future. And the Biden administration isn't willing to do that because it wants to do what's politically expedient right now. And the left, they're calling for ceasefires left and right. You know, right. I remember, well, I was there for the first portion of the Iraq war, the invasion, and uh, shock and awe. Everybody remember shock and awe? And, uh, well, I was in the desert, so maybe I wasn't getting a full report of what was happening back home. But I don't remember uh, politicians uh, demanding a ceasefire. Uh, I, it, it just never came up, as far as I know. And yet, women and children were killed in that war. Blaine, why the, uh, why the concern now about women and children and not then? Well, look where the Biden administration has placed their investments, Greg. They, they have made the Iranian government, which really is the root ball of all of this, the Iranians flush with cash, up to $80 billion in oil sales, uh, releases from bank accounts. We paid $1.2 billion a hostage. So we made them flush with cash to create all of this havoc and chaos. We're certainly only in words standing by our ally, nothing else. Um, the, the administration won't even stand up uh, on the bully pulpit and admonish those who take up anti-Semitism as uh, something that's supposed to be completely acceptable. And it's, it's grotesque. But it's, it's this dearth of leadership that we see going in the other direction from D.C. because they're, they're only allied in name only with Israel at this point in time. In fact, this morning, uh, they're trying to push around Israel and micromanage their future military operations by ins being instructive about how they might treat these things in the future. And 
And it's repulsive to have conditions on an ally when just up to the north in Ukraine, blank check, mm. dumpster fire of a war, going nowhere except loss of lives, a million, and loss of our readiness with weapon stocks and certainly unaccountable dollars. It's, and Gordon, it's, again, I, I, I just I can't, I can't remember this call for a ceasefire in other wars, conventional wars. It doesn't happen. It's happening to Israel, though. I know the hostages. We've had other, other situations with hostages. Is there something weird about that? Well, there's just as General Holt has talked about, this has just been wrong from the get go. The problem here is that this is not just Hamas and Israel. Uh, you have bad actors looking at what's going on. And, and they're seeing that the United States is not willing, for instance, to enforce sanctions on purchases of Iranian oil. We're allowing the Chinese to fuel this regime. And so really what we've got is an emboldened Beijing. And that means war is going to spread. Um, you know, already you got war in Ukraine that, that China is supporting Russia's effort. You have Russia and China fueling insurgencies in North Africa that are starting to look like wars. Of yeah. course, Israel and Hamas. God knows where this goes next. But unfortunately, what we're seeing are wars starting to merge. And this occurred in 1939, where we had separate conflicts end up in what historians now call World War II. We'll probably see right. something similar now. Sure. I believe the ceasefires are being demanded not to benefit the hostages, but to benefit Hamas. I think there's an anti-Semitic bent to all of this stuff. I'd like to show you this real quick. Donations to Hamas-linked charities. We believe this is globally, but uh, up 70% since the October 7th attack. Hamas-linked charities, also known as terror groups. Final thoughts, General Holt. This is sick, and, and you can see it in our university system where those endowments are flush with cash because Obama set up this crazy taxpayer-based student loan system with all the indoctrination that comes with that, and now they're harvesting what they've sown over years and years, and the money is heading into Hamas and terrorists that are right here, right now, in our own country, ready to slit our necks. Right here, right now. Gosh. General Holt, thank you. Gordon Chang, thank you. To be continued, gentlemen, we'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Imagine this. It's the dead of night. You're lying in bed. Suddenly, you hear something go bump. What is your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution, the new MC-14 tip-up pistol from EAA Corp. And Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength, disabilities, or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodnight to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back down, and you're ready to fire. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boosting a 13-plus-1 round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience. Available with all EAA Corp distributors, starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit EAACorp.com today. That's EAACorp.com. Mayor Pete, now he's Secretary Pete. I gotta hand it to him, he's one smooth operator. He went from being mayor of that, uh, forgive me, dinky town, and to conning people into thinking he was some sort of war hero, into uh, being a number one presidential candidate for about six months, 
and then getting out of the race and getting rewarded with, well, Secretary of Transportation. Good for him, bad for the American people. Now, he got this job because he's gay. I've proved that many times. We don't care what his orientation is, but the political press, they were obsessed with it. That elevated him, and now he's Secretary of Transportation. He's got real power, but he's real clueless. I'm still surprised that some people were surprised when I pointed to the fact that uh, if a highway was built for the purpose of dividing a white and a black neighborhood, or if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or there would have been, uh, in New York was was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, that that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Obviously it's racism. What else could it be? May I see the racist bridge? This is a racist bridge, according to Mayor Pete. Now, I know where he got this from, all right? He got it from a book called The Power Broker. It's about a 1,000 pages long. It's actually a very good book, but like most books, there are some mistakes. And the mistakes in this book uh, are now affecting policy. Uh, and every fake news reporter loves to pretend that they read this book. Uh, when they show up on the, uh, on the fake news, there it is. Any Democrat congressman or any, uh, let's see, where's his copy, right? There's the power broker. If you're a Democrat, uh, they love to say they read the power broker. Most of the time, they haven't read it. I actually did make my way through the entire book. It's good. At times, it's great. But it's not perfect. And yeah, there's this whole theme that somehow architecture created by Robert Moses, who was a very prominent civil engineer and urban planner, is racist. It is nonsense. I'll get to the nonsense part in a moment. But first, here are politicians running with this bogus theory. It's an opportunity for Democrats to spend big money. Every New Yorker knows the highway is congested, noisy, and dirty. Exhaust, spiking asthma rates. The call to cap the cross Bronx is getting louder. This video for a similar proposal in Los Angeles gives you an idea of the possibilities. Decking would cover the sunken roadway to create green space on top, reconnecting communities cut by the highway. Special vents would scrub exhaust from vehicles on the covered road. Senator Schumer now prioritizing the project as New York seeks funds from the just passed bipartisan infrastructure framework. One of the criteria is to, uh, that goes to the top of the list is undoing environmental injustice. Environmental injustice. Check it out. Does that look like an environmentally unjust or unjust roadway? Huh? You know, I took this roadway every day, actually, for two years on my way to college. And it's just a highway. It's just a road. And we got a picture of uh, the most expensive zip code in the country. One of them, Stanford, Connecticut. Same thing. Same highway. Just a road. But still, you saw they're going to put a roof over that thing. They're going to put a roof over it. The mastermind of the Cross Bronx was once the most powerful unelected official in the Empire State. Robert Moses. The legacy of Robert Moses. We continue to be haunted by the ghost of Robert Moses. Speaker after speaker piled on Robert Moses for environmental racism, though the Cross Bronx mostly displaced Jewish, Italian, and Irish residents. I think what matters is not where the Cross Bronx began, but where it ends, what became of it. Congressman Torres says it became a burden for black and brown New Yorkers. How can he tell? It's an interstate highway. What is he talking about? 
it hurt Italians and Irish at first, but somehow in the end, look, it goes back to this book, which people pretend they understand, but they really don't. And people are not strong enough or knowledgeable enough to point out the flaws in this book. Remember, everybody in the Democrat world loves to say they read this book and they understand it. They actually don't. Now, I want to show you one of those racist bridges today. This is what it looks like. And you could say, well, yeah, I guess a bus would have trouble going through it. Uh, it was built originally, most of these bridges back in the late 20s, early 30s. Let me see what it looked like back then. Very bucolic, very nice. Okay, remember, these bridges are on the outside of New York City. Buttigieg thinks they're low to keep black kids from going to the beach. Well, in 1930 in New York City, the population was just 4.7% black. Uh, the, there was a higher percentage of black residents and Puerto Rican residents in the state of Maine than in New York City. Kind of, uh, kind of debunks that whole book that Pete Buttigieg in the fake news loves to say they read. Now, uh, we're still dealing with this nonsense. Billions of dollars are going to be spent eradicating racism. And it's actually going to make a lot of kids sad. Can I show you something? Monkey art stayed in a Harlem park for decades. It's finally gone. And they say that's a good thing. Can I see the monkey that is gone? Here is the monkey that they say is racist. You can kind of make them out. Yeah, that's a monkey. That's a monkey. And what's the problem here? Let's go through what the New York Times reported uh, earlier this month. At first glance, the metal trellis adorning a public bathroom in a playground in Riverside Park may have appeared innocuous. Yeah, you're right. Uh, next, please. But there were troubling details. The monkeys were black. They were connected to the trellis by their wrists, which were shackled. How is that monkey black? Copper is black. <laughs> And the park was located in Harlem, aha, a predominantly black neighborhood, a fact that seemed to many to be beyond coincidence. Yes, this must be, they're making what? It has been almost 50 years since the power broker was published, after all, and Miss Frederick, an activist, assumed the monkeys had come down long ago. Um, well, this stirred up a big thing, and they got rid of the monkeys. No more monkeys in the park, because it was so close to Harlem. Uh, the problem is there are still monkeys all over the place because monkeys aren't racist. This is at 63rd and 5th Avenue, the richest part of New York City. And what's up there? That's monkeys at the Central Park Zoo. They hit the bell on the hour. That's monkeys at 68th and 5th Avenue. Jackie O lived across the street. Those are monkeys. Monkeys are not racist, but that's what, this is so ludicrous. But someone's going to make money taking down those monkeys. Somebody's going to make money putting a park over a highway. And kids won't get to play with monkeys anymore. I love monkeys, don't you, Curious George? Anybody grow up with Curious George? They're actually trying to say Curious George is racist because the man with the yellow hat was a colonialist, whatever that is. This is insane. Please, please. We need Trump back fast. I'll be right back. So we had to stop showing Newsmax for free on those apps. We're sorry about that. It couldn't be helped. We had to do this. But we started something great. It's called Newsmax Plus. And in just a few weeks, hundreds of thousands of people have signed up. Newsmax Plus lets you watch Newsmax on your phone, tablet, home TV, anywhere, anytime. And you'll get the great shows, Rob Schmidt, 
me, uh, Greta Bowling, and Carl Higby. He's doing very well. Uh, we're getting a lot of great reviews about Newsmax Plus. You will get the Newsmax channel and also great documentaries, movies, specials. You know, uh, John Voight, great actor. He has a special series on Israel. And we have a Newsmax Plus section for the best Donald Trump shows ever. The rallies, the interviews. I did a very newsworthy one. Uh, so get Newsmax Plus today. It won't cost you anything to start. Just go to NewsmaxPlus.com for your free trial. NewsmaxPlus.com. Many thanks. And thank you, President Trump. He truthed, he truthed out our show last night, the big uh, monologue at the top of the show. It was great, and he recognized it as much. The great Greg Kelly, he called me. A must-watch. We so appreciate it, and we are proud of the content, and uh, many thanks for your support. You know we're doing something special here. I so appreciate it. I'll see you tomorrow.